0: you got anything to talk about spider-man
1: i've got a f- couple of things uh
0: spider-man
1: that's next week i would be okay with doing it next week because i'm i'm they're re-releasing it in theaters and i'm gonna go see it
0: why are they re-releasing in theaters where there not enough green goblins this one's called the more fun edition oh i see. it's black and white <laughs> it starts with a three minute
1: slow-mo montage of superman screaming uh, I, I heard in this one they deep faked uh Willem Dafoe's face just on every actor. <laughs> yes.
0: It's not that he died. It's it's his living face, but they thought it was better than every actor. Yeah.
1: They replaced replace Tom Holland with uh Andrew Garfield. Well, I mean, <laughs> more fun addition. <laughs>
0: I hope that means they got rid of that slag Zendaya. Oh my god. I, I'm only laughing and I only say that because I don't think anyone has ever had an unkind word to say oh, about I mean, that, Zendaya and it's really funny right. to me.
1: There are a bunch of fucking stupid goddamn idiot comic book fans who are like, MJ's not black. <laughs> we'll shut but- up. Yeah, but shut up. It's not the same character. Yeah. We already proved that. She's also, not Mary Jane, she's Mary Jones. Also, who fucking cares? Also, yeah, Spider-Man could be black. Come on. Spider-Man is black now. Well, half black. I was gonna be
0: outraged like
1: the boy. <laughs> <laughs> What do they do? What do they do? <laughs> what do they take next? When will they stop?
0: Meanwhile, your favorite Spider-Man movie is about the half black Spider-Man?
1: and the better spider-man game if i'm being honest wow see yeah superman black
0: spider-man black black panther white black (laughs) for some reason it seems weird when i do that one
1: raining every day, the temperature is a crisp 95 degrees, the days are are long. That's right, autumn is here. Go pick up a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks right now on August 30th. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Autumnal John. And together we're Henry and Omtomnal John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make sure we're on the right path to save the world.
0: Yes, we will save the world. Now, Henry, you mentioned the PSL. Uh, I think that the a lot of people are making hay about the fact that Starbucks has fall drinks again. I think... Since this was a particularly brutal summer all across the country, I think people have summer fatigue and we're just moving autumn back a couple of weeks.
1: I, I honestly think you're right. I think this was such a record-breaking hot summer, uh, the coldest summer we're going to experience in the next couple of decades, uh, but a hot one compared to what we're used to. And so people are wanting just to like, if we pretend it's fall, maybe fall will come faster.
0: Now, of course, we all remember circa 2018, I believe, uh, Megan The Stallion coined the term Hot Girl Summer. Of course, going into 2022, we want to escape the gender binary by removing the girl. And unfortunately, we just got a hot summer, uh, which is not nearly as fun as a hot girl summer.
1: This is what happens when you go woke. It gets
0: hot. (laughs) Yes, go woke, get hot. But not in the way you think. Uh, I do have a tremendous amount of summer fatigue living in Texas, which just escaped an almost two-month-long combination drought and heat
1: wave. 51 Uh, days of heat and no rain.
0: There was a historic and historic heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, particularly uh oregon got hit really hard for a place that has like no air conditioning historic heat wave through the northeast as well uh and then you know the people who live in like southern california or whatever they're fine right uh, but really but- uh, a, a sweltering pretty terrible summer of uh of simmering political tensions and i think people <laughs> just want it to be over
1: Right. Autumn, you know, of course, is known for things dying, and hopefully a lot of the things we're putting up with today will just die. <laughs> yes. I I hope for a lot of death, and then eventually
0: renewal. Uh, I'm a big spring guy. Oh, yeah? Is
1: that your favorite season?
0: Um, Yeah, I think so, because it's still kind of chilly, and I like it mm. kind of cold, but the yeah. days are getting a little shorter. This is something I've actually been thinking about a lot over the last couple of weeks. I think I don't like the nighttime.
1: Just on principle. You, you're not a fan of the darkness and the moon and the, the mosquitoes.
0: I mean, I think it's all pretty romantic, but I, I just I think night's kind of ugly. I love the day and I love grass and I love like dragonflies and the sun mm. and clouds and trees uh, not that those things stop existing at night. They're <laughs> nope. just in different locations. Uh,
1: I, I enjoy driving during the day more so than driving at night because I don't know if, what it is. But at night, I can't see things. Uh, same here. Do
0: not know what it is. I don't know if it's like a visual processing <laughs> problem that my brain has.
1: It's weird. It'll be an area I've driven before, but it's like I none of the buildings look familiar. And I, I can't see details that aren't lit up because there's no... The sun, I mean, let me tell you, I've never driven full speed down
0: the wrong way down a one way during the day, but I do that uh, with some alarming consistency at night. That is very alarming, John. what? Yeah, it's not great the The roads up near like Round Rock and stuff oh. are like really wide, so you see a median and you think it's a curb. <laughs> So you turn yeah. and you're actually going the wrong way down.
1: And no. then people are
0: honking at you. They're screaming. They're saying, no one "Why is are happy. you
1: here?" Yeah, no one is happy. Least of all you.
0: Yeah, I am the least happy for sure. for sure. But you know, I I welcome fall at this point. I welcome the
1: new, slightly more expensive PSL. Oh, is it slight? Oh, inflation. They gotta they gotta raise that those, those prices to make up for. The fact that nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work anymore. I think the pumpkin spice latte
0: is somewhere between five forty-five to five ninety-five, depending on your geo. I think on average the price is up about four percent year over
1: year. Wow! I am. Um, I've never had a pumpkin spice latte.
0: Uh, I have had a pumpkin spice latte, and uh, I think you might know this about me. I'm not the world's biggest fan of uh, things that purport to be pumpkin-flavored.
1: You like the authentic pumpkin experience that comes from biting it into a raw pumpkin.
0: Yeah, I need the raw pumpkin uh, rush. Uh, to that end, I have strategically
1: chosen my beverage for the evening. Uh, okay, I, so, you know, I, I was in a Total Wine recently, and I, I went down there season in a row, and I saw all the October beers. This was August... 20 something this was a week ago but i saw the, the october beers and i and i said to myself aloud in a store huh kind of early for those right and then i kept walking and lo behold the egg is on my face because bam we're in it boy
0: yeah it was kind of early for that but it really it was just a leading indicator of what was to come right uh, so what are you drinking of the, tonight? of the pre-autumn i you're gonna say to yourself Oh, man, John's on his hobby horse again. I say this every year. Everyone who knows me doesn't like it. I am on a crusade for, not against, but for pumpkin beer. Oh, no, not again. Listen, I think that pumpkin beer done well is great, Hence, Crusade for it. I am slaying the infidels <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. who make pumpkin beer that is pumpkin pie beer. It's hyper sweet. Mm. Uh, it, it it is over spiced with clove and allspice and nutmeg. I cannot stand those beers. They're disgusting. I hate drinking them, but a pure pumpkin beer. Which, like, pumpkin by itself doesn't taste like a lot. I'm fine with a spiced pumpkin beer, but just don't make one that's, like, extremely sweet and tastes of nothing but clove, which is what a lot of them do.
1: Right, yeah. You don't like the imitators. You want the real deal, that subtle pumpkin taste that doesn't completely overpower the rest of the beer.
0: Exactly. Think of your classics. You know, your... Your uh, Elysian Brewing's Pugachinos or your New Belgium's Pump Kicks, which I don't even know if they make Pump Kick anymore. That was my first pumpkin beer, I think.
1: Yeah, your classics like. And. And who okay. could forget? I don't have any time.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying there, there are classy pumpkin beers out there. Now, you mm. might have heard me say a name, Elysian Brewing. They're pretty famous for having a panoply of pumpkin-flavored beers.
1: They're the wheat beer people, right?
0: Uh, I think they're the wheat beer people. I don't drink a lot of Elysian stuff. Okay. But they always show up in the fall, particularly because of their wildly popular... Uh, porter-slash-stout Pugachino, which is a pumpkin coffee beer.
1: Mm. It's Uh, not quite cold enough for that yet, but yeah.
0: (laughs) I I decided to give them a chance and, in fact, grab the Elysian Night Owl, which I've never tried before, uh, which styles itself as a pumpkin ale, and is apparently their original pumpkin ale, brewed with pumpkin-roasted and raw pumpkin seeds. Uh, so I'm excited to give this a taste and see if this fall is off to a good start.
1: Sipping noises.
0: Sipping noises. There's the clove. There's
1: the clove. You know, honestly, it's not bad. Okay. It, it, so it's, it's, what'd you say, heavy, heavy to light. Where are you on the clove scale?
0: Uh... So there's clove and allspice and probably nutmeg in it. They're about right. a medium, but it's a relatively okay. dry beer. It's not very sweet. I don't know. It's pretty pleasant, actually.
1: Nice. Yeah, you know, I I do like the changings of the seasons. The changings, the changing of the seasons, uh, n- mainly because the, uh, I you know, starting this year, I've really leaned to letting the weather decide what beers to buy, and uh, I really am looking forward to when it gets slightly cooler. So I can, I can move on from my Mexican lagers and embrace the stouts and those dry beers. like Just embrace the beers that warm you up just a little bit instead of cooling you off. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to that for sure.
0: I think seasonality is a really pleasurable way to live one's life. Because I used to, uh, exclusively when I first got into craft beer, uh, stouts and porters, and like irish red ales like that is all i would drink and none of those are suited to the summers of the states that i've lived in right and uh, i would always be like why when i drink this uh pitch black stout <laughs> in the heat of summer am i suddenly like flop sweating right and uh, and feeling like i've been stabbed with a uranium pellet and Absolutely. the answer is it it just weighs heavily on the body it makes you hot to process something like that
1: it sticks to the ribs and the ribs you really want the ribs to be light
0: <laughs> yeah it's a thanksgiving dinner whereas you know if you drink something like a like a like a crushable hazy ipa or uh or like a mexican lager or a light pilsner or yeah. a kolsch that's like ceviche it's like a small refreshing but nourishing like it keeps you going right. when it's hot out exactly or i i remember that uh i don't know i've built up this huge catalog of stouts and porters and every time like you when it starts to get cold I think I'm a stout and porter person, and I just get really excited that I get to drink those again.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, very much the same. Like I love stouts, but it's I can't drink them on a hot day because it just it goes through me, and it just it doesn't feel good to drink it, you know. Uh, but if it's slightly cool out to cold to downright freezing, a stout is exactly what you need.
0: Oh man, if it's like really cold out. And you're like exploring a new city and you pop into a bar and you get like a Guinness on Nitro. Yeah. You just get to like sit there in your little coat drinking a Guinness on nitro. One of the best experiences.
1: Yeah. It's like drinking a coffee except you're getting a little buzz.
0: Yeah, it's like drinking a coffee except it's cold and alcohol. Yeah. But you know what people who don't get it never will. (laughs) If you if, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I'm just saying my recommendation to any fans listening to this is maybe introduce some seasonality into your life.
1: Well, shit, if I would have gotten the memo, I would have picked up some of those Oktoberfest beers, some of those those autumnal uh, beer flavors, and I would have been right on the money. I thought, I thought they were crazy stocking it this early. You know, I walked into an HEB the other day, and their seasonal aisle already has Halloween candy in it. Yeah, sounds about right. People are hungry for it. They're horny for it. I just want to know, how did they? How did all of the stores get the memo that the last week of August, not even a full week, the last three days of August that happened to fall during a weekday, that's when we're going to hit them with the fall? How did they know?
0: I, I guess they just read the room. I don't know. Animal spirits.
1: I want to meet the market psychics that must be employed by think tanks that all of the, you know, all of the big corporations like buy the, the Intel from, I want to meet that psychic and be like, did you, was it because it was a hot summer? Like we were getting hit really hard by the heat and all the other horrible shit going on that you, you were like, Hey, a little early fall this year, that's going to smooth over our sales. I mean, most likely what it is is, uh, let's
0: say for instance, I don't know, H E B did it first and they like, had some overstock, and they had some things in the back, and like, well, let's start putting out the fall stuff a little bit early. And then someone from Starbucks was shopping in, for example, an HEB saw something with like a turkey and a pumpkin. On. I was like, shit, 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 shit. like ran, <laughs> ran outside. It's like, it's here. it's here, it's here, we gotta do it. It's here.
1: That's how I imagine it happening. Yeah, everyone's just responding to the first person who did it. Who happens to be like uh, oh, mm, a Kroger's in like South Maine or something? Almost certainly. Yeah. Uh,
0: I I mean I'm very excited for fall. Uh, fuck this summer. I have some <laughs> I have some summer regrets. I wish I had done a little bit more. Uh, but come on, man. I want it to be cold again.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, what am I drinking tonight, John? What are you drinking, Henry? I am switching it up entirely. I have no, I'm not drinking an alcoholic drink, and I'm not drinking a Coke Zero. John, I am drinking the only thing keeping me alive these days. Water? N- well, uh, uh, no. Um, Insulin? I'm not diabetic.
0: Inhaler fluid?
1: I do do that occasionally, but not since drinking this new organic respiratory tea organic what now organic respiratory tea it supports healthy breathing and then there's an asterisk by that statement that says this statement has not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
0: well i mean that's just the big food and drug administration trying to keep you down
1: right uh, so it, it's a, it's tea that you brew like in a kettle or you don't, know, you brew the water and it's tea. And uh, so it, ha- it has no caffeine. It's a herbal tea supplement. And I meant to say herbal. It's from Versana apparently. And you steep it five minutes in boiling water in a covered cup.
0: You mean to tell me you went through the multi-stage process of creating tea?
1: Oh, absolutely, John. It's, it's a cinch on a gas stove.
0: Yeah, I also have a ga- I also have an electric kettle. I don't know why I uh, don't drink more tea. Is that helping your recovery, you think?
1: It absolutely is. Uh, yesterday, I was hacking and coughing and huffing and puffing all over the place, and before bed, I drank a cup of this tea, woke up, and I, 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 I've I coughed a little bit, and I'm still... I can feel the pull, you know, the the... the <laughs> With the call of the void that is my lungs, mm-hmm. I can feel that, but I'm better able to fight it off. And I'm, I'm going to attribute it to this delightful tea that supports healthy breathing.
0: I mean, listen, I I used to be in a position where I was very pessimistic about uh, holistic or herbal remedies or medicines or plant medicines in general. Uh, and just slowly over time, I've come to learn, like, that's it's a pretty immature stance to take to assume that the only things that work are the drugs right because like all plants do something
1: yeah and like people were treating ailments with herbal remedies way before drugs came along yeah they might be better at it but it doesn't like i think honestly i think just drinking tea might be good for like opening up your your passageways just to It it might have nothing to do with the exact recipe, but just the fact that you're drinking a steaming liquid is good for the lungs.
0: I mean, even something that's uh, somewhat in the news and that it was in the New York Times maybe three weeks ago and blew up as a result. Uh, Now, you understand that I am someone who suffers from MPB. That's right. Male pattern baldness. Uh, I am a bald man. (laughs) Proud. Have been for half of my life. And there was a story in the New York Times that was talking about uh, off-label prescriptions for uh, certain like maladies or or things that someone wants to change about their bodies. And in specific, it was targeting low-dose minoxidil uh, that is prescribed for heart pressure, uh, blood pressure, not heart pressure, uh, (laughs) high blood pressure. Uh, and that in low doses, so like a pill for blood pressure cut into quarters and then consumed orally, helps to like regrow and thicken hair if you haven't straight up lost the follicles already. and uh, is like a revolutionary treatment for people who are just starting to experience hair loss, and there is no profit in marketing it as a hair loss drug because the drug's been around so long, that it's so cheap that no one is going to spend money on R&D and marketing to turn this around.
1: Oh, no. So
0: dermatologists are just recommending it for high blood pressure, but what it really is is an off-label script so people can regrow their hair. And there's uh, almost no downsides to it compared to things like finasteride, which I think one in 13 men will experience like serious reproductive issues from taking finasteride. Yikes. Yeah.
1: That's not what you want.
0: If there's not money to be made, the uh, the Ugh. pharmaceutical companies typically won't invest in, like, making a drug out of something. So there are some plants that have benefits that it doesn't make sense for them to extract their thing and market because it's so cheap already.
1: I hate that. I really do.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like... Under this current ecosystem, we never would have gotten aspirin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or or like penicillin would be $1,000.
0: Yeah, it's not a good system. And a lot of the best medicines we have, we got before this system was in place. And that's not to say that big pharmaceutical companies aren't developing great life-saving drugs at an incredible pace. Uh, but there, there are some things that it just doesn't make sense for them to invest in and you just got to play around and get off label scripts for, or just eat plants.
1: Just grow some, Hey, if you grow some plants, you can grow your hair back.
0: Yeah, there we go. I'm not recommending that anyone listening to this who may or may not be suffering from thinning hair takes low dose minoxidil, but ask your dermatologist about it. Yeah. And then they won't be allowed to talk to you about it for that, but they will talk to you about it for blood pressure and say, and
1: also... (laughs) A side effect of this is new hair growth, huh? Yes.
0: Uh, So if you see me walking around with a beautiful, thick mane, you'll know what happened.
1: I'll know your blood pressure is being kept in check.
0: Uh, Also, you won't, because my hair is dead. (laughs) Like, that, that ain't coming
1: back kept in check oh wait so if i see you and you're bald you're about to die
0: (laughs) no 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 if you see me and i'm bald that's how i am now no Uh, your your blood pressure is so high because you haven't taken the medicine yet my blood pressure is actually a little high and i could probably get a prescription for it but it's not gonna do anything for my hair only my heart and long-term well-being and who Who wants that
1: yeah who the fuck cares about that (laughs) live fast die young (laughs) Leave a bald corpse. Leave the baldest corpse you can,
0: baby. But yes, it is a uh, not to go on a weird tirade about the FDA. Who I think, well, I don't know if the FDA is great. I don't know if big pharma is great, but
1: they both have done very good things. Yeah, I mean, speaking of people who we don't know if they're great, but they seem to have done some very good things. Uh, Joe Biden is on the kind of a hot streak right now, John. Listen, I think I've been saying listen a lot this episode. Um, hey, can I interrupt you? Yeah, you say listen every episode, and you say it with such fervor that it sounds like you're disagreeing <laughs> with me, but I'm, you're not. You I'm always
0: agreeing. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to put. Uh, I'll try to put a lid on it.
1: Listen, never change.
0: Uh, Joe Biden and the White House have been on a real tear the past few weeks. Oh, they man. started with obviously uh
1: you've heard about it
0: yeah they serve with student loan forgiveness but I think the thing that really like made me realize that the White House was on a tear was when they started uh personally on the White House Twitter account going after GOP Congress people attacking student loan forgiveness by saying how much of their PPP loans got
1: forgiven yeah. huge huge moves huge moves the, yes uh colloquially known as the this you thread <laughs> uh the the official white house twitter was just retweeting nay saying opinions from gop congressmen and senators with exactly all of their publicly available ppp loans that were forgiven forgiven oh god For- forgiven forgiven uh by the government as part of some type of bill that was passed i don't know and uh boy howdy do a lot of congressmen and senators have millions of dollars of PPP loans, which to me is insane because I thought them being Congress people was their full-time fucking job. Oh, no, it's
0: a part-time job at best. Why are they allowed to have businesses? I mean, you know, their spouses can have very successful businesses doing looks around. Their Their spouses can have businesses doing things that have no products and do nothing and yet they make millions of dollars a year that's amazing they can have non-profits of which of which they they are the founders and make millions of dollars
1: oh it just sickens me man like like we retweet this stuff and it's like oh you got it but at the same time it's like wait what the fuck I mean, should should zero credits have incorporated officially and like applied for a PPP loan that was just going to get forgiven? Obviously, no, because we don't want to take, you know, advantage of a system that's really supposed to help actual people. But at the same time, if these fuckwads are doing it, why
0: can't we? I mean, I'm kind of of the position that if the government, if you qualify for money from the government, you should probably take it because every rich person has already done it. Right, exactly. And it's, the, it's the least you can do to level the playing field. I feel like I put the cart before the horse by talking about the, the White House threat and kind of steamrolling over student loan forgiveness. Right. Well, I mean, I, we're not, we're not get bringing news to anybody who doesn't know. But <laughs> someone is slamming their iPod. iPod? They're slamming their <laughs> iPod and they'll
1: be being like, What?! My student loans are forgiven. Hold your horses. Not all of them. uh, Up to $10,000 for most people who make under $120,000 a a year, you get up to $10,000 forgiven. And if you were a Pell Grant recipient, you get an extra $10,000 for a total of $20,000 forgiven in uh, lump sum amount.
0: And I also believe that if you are married... That limit goes up to 250000 if you're filing jointly.
1: Right. Of course. Yeah. That's typically how it's done.
0: Uh, yes. And then two people can get $20,000 forgiven, uh, which is, this is huge. It's, I mean, it's not enough. Should have been more. No, it's but not it's huge.
1: Yeah, It's not enough. <laughs> it should have been more. And then on top of everything else, it's like, oh, and also uh, this, this, we're going to issue the final pausing of student loan repayment. It's going, this next, this final session or length of time will end on December 1st, 2022. So January 1st, 2023, you got to start repaying back them loans. They also did uh, redefine the uh, income-based
0: payment model. And now it's a flat, you you can pay up to well, you can pay a minimum of 5% of your income, uh, which is a little bit more lenient than I think the old model used to be.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm not from quite familiar with the details as I'm a horrible person who never got no loans. Um, but it, seem, it the thing that sticks with me is like, well, if we pause them all this time, if it's been two years of pause student loan debts and the economy is still where it is, I mean, inflation is high, but that has nothing to do with loan repayments. Like, the country is still stable. So, obviously, whoever is owed this money doesn't fucking need it. Yeah, nothing collapsed
0: in the two years where this wasn't happening. There were no bailouts for student loan issuers. The government didn't have to bail itself
1: out for issuing federal student loans. Right. Like, so, honestly, to me, that means just just cancel it all because... This would be the one time where a rising tide literally would lift all ships equally because canceling debt, student debt, would just put everybody uh, more on a level playing field and like allow people some options to, to have some, some of that social mobility that we were promised back when this was the land of dreams or whatever the fuck. Uh, Henry,
0: what if my ship was already higher what if I had a higher boat? That's
1: fine. Isn't it unfair for these no. other ships to go up? No, it isn't unfair. Uh, it, it's perfectly fair. It, it's fine. Your ship was already higher up, and it's not going to drop down just because other ships are coming closer to where you are. Mean, I mean, without uh, the, the the realization, the reality of it is, you're at the top of Niagara Falls. These people are at the bottom. They're not going to catch you. You know, just let them up just a little bit more. It's fine. I think it is an apt
0: analogy to say that because the the people who are saying, if I already paid off my student loans or if I was lucky enough to not have student loans, where is my relief? There's two parts to that. Uh, If you have paid off your student loans or you didn't have student loans, you were extremely lucky. (laughs) Uh, yes. you, you were very privileged to be in either of
1: those two camps. Absolutely. And I acknowledge my privilege and my luckiness.
0: For for a bunch of different reasons. So you are already starting ahead of people who, through circumstances, not of their own. Speaking for myself, I took out a reasonable amount of student loans for, for my bachelor's. I was a Pell Grant recipient, which means you're uh, so, you're so poor, the government gives you free money to go to college. Uh, and I would be starting further back than someone who made enough money early in their career to have paid off all of their loans. Like, when my student loans weren't paused, I paid on them, and extra, and it really didn't get me anywhere, because I was not making much money right after I graduated, uh, for a bunch of different reasons. This is to your point, just leveling things out a little bit. It is decreasing the disparity between individuals, which is kind
1: of a thing we should want, right? It, yeah, exactly. Like, for all of the people who are lucky or privileged, consider this, the people who took out loans getting lucky. Like, it's, it's fine. Not everyone gets lucky at the same time. They're, they're just getting right now. They're getting a break. You had a break from the beginning. They didn't, they worked hard. They, they took out these loans to try to get better jobs, to improve their lives, found out you get paid jack shit when you get out of college. And now all of a sudden all the loans are due and now it's going to accrue interest forever. And people, people will be, or, or you just, you pay into it for years and it doesn't get any smaller because you're just paying off the interest because they're egregious these rates, these interest rates that these, these loans accrue. Like now those people are getting a break, you know, it's just the breaks are at different times.
0: Yeah. And people will out of one side of their mouth. If they're these people who have paid off their student loans, they've been under the yoke of their student loans for long enough that I think that ideologically, most of them have the opinion that student loans are relatively predatory we're kind of sold a false bill of goods when we go to college, because we think that it's going to immediately measurably improve our lives and we'll have no problem paying off these loans. Uh, but then when the possibility of people getting their loans paid off happens, they're like, well, they should pay back their debt. And I'm like, you would not have felt that
1: way. No, if you're in the same position, absolutely not.
0: It's yeah. it's disgusting, because like we pay every day everyone pays to help someone else. And that typically happens in the form of taxes yeah. uh, or tipping people. I like mean, we have no problem giving of ourselves to help others through various programs. And yeah, we're effectively paying for people to have their student loans forgiven, but you're also paying a pensioner, social security. Like yeah. you're helping people be okay with continuing to help people.
1: Right. I mean honestly, never ha- never has I'm mean, okay, seldom has it been that you pay taxes and you get to dictate where they go. I mean, a lot of the times like either the state or the federal level collect it and then various committees to send decide how to spend it. So like all of this like, oh, we're financing you know these these student loan breaks for people. It's like, well, not really, because you're also financing roads and bridges and and the things we need to survive as as a community. And you're also you're funding welfare programs for people who are really down and out, or, or you're 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 help, helping to fund Medicaid for the people who who have special medical needs when they're older. Like this is it's not new. None of this is fucking new. And this is the one
0: you get mad about. You don't get mad about, oh, your, your government, your, your taxes that you pay the government are using, are used to pay for the insane defense budget, or in fact, subsidies for defense companies. Yes.
1: You're paying the paycheck of someone who makes a missile designed to destroy school buses. And you're, you're so fucking mad about students getting a break. Where was all this outrage by you specifically, not you specifically, but those people specifically, when we gave fucking cut te- bailouts to banks, banks whose job it is to make money. Like, they, at they failed. Now,
0: at least now we're giving people money for trying their best.
1: Right. Back then we were giving people money for failing to do their jobs. Exactly. we, we were. They gambled with our money and they lost. They made stupid fucking bets. And they did all these subprime mortgage bonds that just blew up in people's faces and they lost their money. They deserved to fail. And yet the the government stepped in and bailed them out because, oh, you know, people would have panicked if if they went to their ATMs and they couldn't get money out or whatever. And like, that's true, I guess. But at the same time, they failed. These are students who tried and applied, tried to better themselves, tried to better their situations. It's time to give them a break.
0: Yeah. I, I think all of this to say, we should just be more okay with using our money to like help people. Generally. It's that's what
1: it's supposed to be for. Yeah.
0: What? It's just so frustrating as someone who uh, will maybe benefit from this. Uh I mean that'd be great but like there are so many people who need it much more than right. I do.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I don't know, man. It it made me angry to think about these hypothetical people, but I'm sure most people are really feeling it. It's yeah. it's amazing how we can go for so long uh with like a a a wet fart of a government. And then they do one thing We're like, you know, they're not so bad.
1: Yeah, no, but I mean, the, we're going to continue on with, with the role that they've been on. But I, I think it's now for the worst take of the moment. Ooh, WTOM. The WTOM. So the moment in specifics is the student loan forgiveness. The worst take comes from none other than that disgraced actor who used to play hercules so long ago his name is kevin sorbo oh boy and this is the worst take anyone had about the situation he's got a lot of worst takes so this one's got to be pretty bad this one is one a uh, top tenner if you will uh, uh definitely in the in the and on the on the on the on the on the on the mount olympus of bad takes Where Hercules is from. Right. All right. So here's the take. This is a quote, folks. I'm not saying this. He is. I need that disclaimer before I say this. Here we go. So my body, my choice, except for when it comes to student loan debt, that's when someone else should step in. What? What? The worst take of the moment. I don't even know. We shouldn't even try to unpack that. (laughs) That's like,
0: I hate to say it, but has anyone checked to see if Kevin Sorbo has like brain cancer?
1: Yeah. I wonder if he used to do his own stunts. Is this this like CTE or whatever it's called? He
0: he only did the stunts where he got hit in the head. Um, I can't even unpack what that means. I don't,
1: (laughs) I, (laughs) because in his,
0: in, in his perception, my body, my choice appears to be something saying that the the government should have nothing to say about what I do with my body, which is like more of a libertarian take, whereas my body, my choice is more about the government actually protecting people's autonomy.
1: Yeah, it's like taking two issues, two hot button topics and slapping them together to see, like, is this something? And then tweeting it out to billions of people. And then everyone just drags you online for the next 24 hours. Good. I, uh, horrible take. Yeah. The more I think about
0: it, the more angry it makes me.
1: Oh, no, it's it, it's it's a thinker how bad this take is because it gets more wrong. Because when when you first
0: say I was like, that's kind of pithy. Let me try to think about what he means there. And then it just makes less sense.
1: Yeah, no, I think honestly, the most offensive thing about it is that I like it. It's it's left open enough that I need to interpret what he's saying. Like I have to waste brain cells to try to understand his point. That's I, ah, I my life was worsened by seeing that. <laughs> yeah, which to be fair, Xena was the better show. Absolutely. Um their crossovers were always exciting.
0: Man, I miss uh, I miss Xena,
1: the warrior princess.
0: I saw Michael Ironside recently.
1: The ship?
0: No, the uh, actor who voiced uh, Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell.
1: Oh, Okay. He Wait,
0: had a he had he's... a brief he had a brief stint moonlighting as a right-wing ideologue.
1: Oh no. Wait, you saw him where?
0: <laughs> in a t- in, on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> he was in uh, Hulu's The Dropout. You know, I saw Brad Pitt
1: recently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I said isn't inaccurate. <laughs>
1: you're right. You're right.
0: I perceived Michael Ironside
1: um yeah, so the, this momentum has given the, uh, the, the the left some wind for their sails. Now Biden is pledging to ban assault weapons if Democrats control Congress after midterms and on and on. Just trying to, trying to keep that good train rolling. Uh, there were some other things, some other good things that were coming out. Uh, but it's, you know, whatever. It, hopefully, I don't know. I'm tired of this topic now. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a political coup, right? Right. Uh, It is enacting the things that they've been sitting on for two years because midterms are coming up, knowing that Roe got overturned, probably is going to turn people out a little bit, and then waving in front of people the idea that they could ban assault weapons and... Uh, continue to cancel that, and maybe legal weed. If we win the midterms, is really going to juice people to come out. But uh, they already control it.
1: Yeah, I, that's the confusing part. The, here's like the you, thing: you, you control it now.
0: Here's the thing, Sleepy. They already
1: control it. Here's the thing. Now you could Mr. do Biden.
0: it now. The the promise you're making now.
1: You could. You're. You could already do. You
0: it. are transparently telling me. That yeah. it is a coup to get me to vote. Right. And as a, and you potentially are, are letting this not be a thing. Essentially what you're saying is we want you to get out and vote more than we would like to potentially save lives by banning assault weapons.
1: Yeah, it's like your mom holding a plate of cookies and saying like, well, buy some cookies if you're good. And it's like, you're holding cookies. Yeah, we, you already, right. it's already it's here. They're right there. Just give me a cookie and we'll move on with her lives. But yeah, no it's, it's exactly that. It, it's It's just more of this fucking democrat poor mouth thing where they're like yeah.
0: there's nothing we can do unless you back the blue. Right. It, yeah, it's the fundraising back The blue actually is actually a police thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> there's nothing we could i'll do a clean take but keep both in yeah Uh, there's nothing we can do unless you vote blue no matter who oh no (laughs) there's nothing we can do about it we have all the power and we can't do anything unless you vote blue no matter
1: who (laughs) just do it yeah no exactly you've got it now every time every time a national tragedy happens it's like biden's on it's like well, if only someone would do something. It's like, that's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one. Do a whip. You're the one, who can, you're the one who can do something. Whip the parties. I don't know how it works. I watched a couple of seasons of House of Cards before it got bad. You're the
0: one who can do something here. Make yeah. it happen. Do it. Like all the Tell shady. Tell Kristen de- D- Cinema. Yeah. she can never shop at Forever 21 again <laughs> unless she gets in line. <laughs>
1: Keep swatting Mattry Taylor Green or whatever
0: her name is. Just make it happen, my God. Yeah, it's like
1: my brother in
0: Christ, you're the fucking president. <laughs> my, my brother in Christ, you made the sandwich. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that punchline. It's really great. It's just it's so dumb. Yeah, no, it's super frustrating. So it's it's like, oh wow, they did a good thing. It's like when the, the, the bad kid in your class answers a question right. It's like that's great. He still fucking stabbed me with a pencil though. Are we ignoring this? Yeah.
0: And it's, it's extra horrible because they're going to do the fucking unable to govern Democrat thing that they always do, yeah. which is they'll say, we're going to ban assault rifles if you get out and you vote blue no matter who. And we go out and we do it. We do it every time because we're dumb little piggies. We go out and we <laughs> vote blue no matter who. And then we turn to the Democrats and we say, ban assault weapons out. And they're like, hee hee, and they disappear into
1: the underbrush. Yeah. They go, hee hee hee, and they push, uh, what's his name? The Turtle Man? Mitch McConnell. Um,
0: Mitch McConnell. They
1: they push Mitch McConnell at us and say, like, he won't let us do it. And then disappear into the night. And Mitch is like, what? (laughs) He he won't let us do it. Let me send you 15 (laughs)
0: emails (laughs) with the subject line of being like, Joe Biden is depressed
1: and shouldn't be alone right
0: now.
1: (laughs) Please donate. If you send $5, we can hire someone to keep watch with him.
0: (laughs) Nancy Pelosi is dry firing a 9 millimeter handgun into her mouth right now please donate
1: if we, if we if, look if we get enough money we can replace that 9 millimeter with like a water gun filled with seltzer so at least she's getting some refreshment
0: we are 100% 100% gonna get an email from Nancy Pelosi or moveon.org or something that
1: that has the subject that just says,
0: I'm I'm so weak.
1: <laughs> I I need Joe Rogan <laughs> supplements. It's so bad. Oh, uh, it, it's like it's it's not that I have any experience with this, but it's it's like a um like a Twitch streamer begging for donations or something like that. It's just like uh, no, no, yeah, you're already a millionaire. It, you don't need this.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the loser effect, and we have the loser effect.
1: We're just used to being losers, man.
0: We get a loser mentality. We lose all the way down. Sad settle, fucking babies. Anyway, I got way too mad about this.
1: Me too, and we've talked about it for far too long. You want to talk about something else? Hell yeah, brother in Christ.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, BOC, Bach. Bic, Bick, Oh, brother of Christ. <laughs> uh, now, I we were talking about student loans. Let me try to segue here. Student loans, you know what you got to do to pay off student loans?
1: Prostitution.
0: Well, you wouldn't know, but work. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> you wouldn't know about student loans. You do know about working. Uh, so the, the world of work is pretty interesting right now. As of the last two years to three weeks apparently everyone gets their discourse about uh, the american workforce from checks notes TikTok now
1: oh yeah TikTok's really big about talking about work
0: yeah tick talking about work uh people are uh there's this thing i think that maybe indicates i'm getting old but it's when people my age or older incessantly talk about TikTok and what Gen Z is up to, and my opinion is leave them kids alone. Uh, like let them, let let them do oh, whatever. Yeah. We we don't need a think piece about everything the teens and early twenties are doing.
1: Right. If you're not like writing or talking about enjoying the content, shut up.
0: Yeah. Like who who cares? It it. Almost comes across as creepy for yeah. you to be like, "Here's a meme that Gen Z is obsessed with." I'm like, "Raise your kids, dude! Like, <laughs> talk go, to your go kids. To, go to a park. Talk to your kids. Don't, don't tell me what meme Gen Z is into. Yeah, stop watching thirst traps
1: on TikTok. Tip, tip, tip. <laughs> yes,
0: tip tap. Uh, just, just stop it anyway. That's an aside. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, one of the uh, big things, there's there's two things coming out of TikTok right now that has the uh, unfortunate circles of the internet I follow uh, a buzz. And that the first one is of course, the one everyone has heard of, which is quiet quitting.
1: Oh, yes, quiet quitting. I learned about this this past week, and it turns out I've been doing it for the past four years. Yes,
0: quiet quitting uh, blew up on TikTok was co-opted by uh, young millennials seemingly on Twitter and then was adopted by elder millennials in uh, journalism and the professional world and LinkedIn and has effectively lost all meaning, uh, as far as I'm able to tell. Originally, quiet quitting was characterized as uh, doing the bare minimum, or in fact below, Uh, basically giving very little to your job knowing that you're moving on or are going to quit kind of cut and dry terms for what quiet quitting was
1: oh Uh, that's what it what it was okay
0: yeah what it was is you basically you're super underperforming at your job and just doing enough to not get fired right uh Eventually, that morphed on Twitter and eventually morphed within journalistic circles and LinkedIn as quiet quitting is doing what is required of you at your job. There was this strange softening effect that happened as it moved up the chain from younger people to older people and became this bastardized thing where it's like, Everyone's posting on LinkedIn and I don't know, Instagram Reels or whatever older millennials use, uh, talking about like, ah, oh, this is quiet quitting. It's just doing what's asked of you at your job, which I believe is
1: called your job. Yeah, no, that's just called the job. Quiet quitting is underneath those expectations. And then I, I think it maybe got morphed
0: from people clout chasing and being like, I've been quiet quitting for years. That's right. I rarely go above and beyond because I seek work that's dynamic, interesting, and the bare minimum is enough. What is asked of me is interesting enough, and I'm moving the needle on my KPIs and OKRs, whatever the fuck. Why Uh, are you attacking me? Quiet quitting means essentially I literally,
1: nothing. I literally just did that. I literally just said all of those words you said. Why are you attacking me? <laughs> you said KPIs, OKRs. I don't know what uh, those are, but they you're hurting me.
0: <laughs> I also have been quiet quitting and what the zeitgeist calls quiet quitting. Because like I think going above and beyond is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, for sure. Unless like you're trying to get a promotion or whatever quiet i mean doing the bare minimum doing no more than is asked of you of your job is just called living to work wait working to live not living to work
0: yeah i work to live i i have i'm very lucky to have a job that like pays me well and i don't really want to go above and beyond (laughs) No. Uh, maybe maybe if something calls to you and is particularly interesting you'll go above and beyond but guess what baby you should go above and
1: beyond in your life not in your work absolutely yeah work is just the thing we put up with to get the money we need to do the things we want like if you have a career that's great and you, you have job satisfaction you, you get a lot of satisfaction from doing your work absolutely go above and beyond do whatever makes you happy but for a a population of us that's not what we're into we're not quiet quitting it's not a movement this is just who we are
0: <laughs> yes it is uh it, it is very in line with everything in work suddenly becoming a movement i think uh, under this umbrella that the kind of elder millennials gen x writers call anti-work uh whereas actual anti-work is like tried and true cynicism where you are actively doing things against your workplace. Uh, That is what real philosophical anti-work is. Uh, But that's not really what that means anymore.
1: Right. No, it's more like the anti-work kind of thing got big on Reddit for a bit to try to get like more ubiquitous worker rights across industries and stuff. Then it kind of blew up with one, one little interview on Fox news And now it's just a bunch of people complaining about unfair treatment at their jobs, which is to say it's everybody. It's everybody.
0: Yeah. Every, every job (laughs) will treat you unfairly. It is just what jobs do. Uh, But yes, I, I intend to continue quiet quitting in every job I have probably for the rest of my life.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, unless I really like the job, I'm not staying longer than I need to. Like if, If it's a nine to five job, I'm clocking on at five every day. I do the work while I'm there. I don't think about work when I'm gone because this isn't my passion. This is just what pays the fucking bills. Yeah. If
0: your work is your passion uh, or if your passion is your work, I get it. And, you know, that's lucky from my understanding for people that's the case for. They don't make exceptional living, so I'm sorry that we live in a society that does that to you. But yes, absolutely. But if you're clocking in to look at a computer screen to give people numbers or words on the computer screen that they want that you don't care about, uh, quiet quit. I think almost everyone listening to this is quiet quitting in some way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Whether I do my job well or my boss has to call me and say, hey, wait, did you forget to change the date on this document? Either way, I'm going home at 5. It doesn't matter if he's satisfied with my work or not as long as the paychecks keep coming in, baby. Listen, that's all it's about. Yeah. So, yeah, the quiet quitting thing. So I didn't see the differentiations between the two different ones. I just thought it was like, oh, you just do the bare minimum at your job and and in hopes that either they fire you or like a better opportunity comes along. It's like, that's just work. That's yes. That's it's just living and having a job is just
0: doing what's asked of you and then being responsive to new opportunities. That's
1: just kind of it. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's this weird, like, one to drive clicks because, of course, that's all internet journalism is. But then, in like a weird way, to understand the other, it's like we got to name everything and dissect it so we can understand it and then ultimately disagree with it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just language. I think is so
0: fungible now. It's. It's becoming, like, you want to drive clicks, and clicks are driven around language, so you end up with articles being written called, like, Burger King's new spicy chicken whopper goes goblin mode, or whatever. (laughs) Like
1: White House just went goblin mode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it is just trying to figure out which string of words has become popular to describe a behavior, aptly mutating that behavior to fit. Your goals, and then plopping it in the thing that you need to write. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty soulless, insipid, and impossible to read if I'm being honest.
1: How do I hit all my buzzwords and hit my SEO while tying it into this trend while hopefully not misrepresenting the trend or missing the point and insulting a bunch of people? <laughs> I wonder if
0: old-school journalism was this way. I wonder if, like, newspapers would come out and they're like, Eisenhower's really doing a jitterbug on this one. I, I mean...
1: I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Maybe this is just how people relate to culture and it feels reaching and desperate because we are getting older. I don't. I really don't know.
1: It could be. This could be what aging out of the uh the popular culture zone it oh, the words have left me john oh no <laughs> new confusion yeah this could be what it is to age out of like a demographic yeah, you don't age out of demographics this is what it is to be the the no longer the hot button issue no one cares about millennials anymore other than apparently we're also one in six of us has a hundred thousand dollars or something that was the headline I saw. Wow, one in six of us. One in six of us have a hundred thousand dollars saved. Oh, so the other
0: five must have more than that, right? Less. Oh, what a shame for those.
1: No, I don't <laughs> have that much. I really don't. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's f- no, look. Even if you did, I don't care. So many student loans, right? Um, but no, it's we're no longer the. It's like we gotta we gotta talk about these fucking kids. <laughs> I think it's
0: just the feeling of no longer being the preeminent generators of culture. Yeah. We are we are slowly handing off that culture is being generated by other people and i think what i would like to petition for is to do that gracefully and not be a weird fucking creep and be obsessed about gen z all the time.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny because like when we were growing up not to be like, you know, when we were growing up, but when we were growing up we didn't really have the vehicles to create our own culture more, not outside of our friend groups, you know, like we had our, your in jokes and your activities and stuff, but that was like behind the circle K or whatever. wasn't online for the whole world to see. And I mean,
0: also remember that when we were growing up in our late teens, early twenties, everything in popular culture was Gen Xers being like these millennials yeah uh, and yeah. i remember at the time that felt creepy and clinging and desperate remember how we 12 20 not 20 years ago 12 to 15 years ago We're like, uh, fuck these old people who are trying to characterize us. They're jokes. If you are a millennial and you are writing about Gen Z, you are immediately casting yourself as a joke in their eyes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When you are coming after the preeminent generators of culture, you are coming for the king
1: and you will miss because you are no longer relevant. It's like, I mean, it's like when all of a sudden TikTokers were making fun of millennials for liking Harry Potter it's like, yeah, we missed and they're coming back for the jugular.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh oh boy, I do remember that time and like millennials were posting like comeback videos about it. They're like, "Well, as a proud fucking Ravenclaw." I'm like, "Dude, don't. You've already just, lost.
1: Just, just don't. <laughs> already, you responded and by responding, you've lost. Like yeah. it's over." Theirs was funnier. Um, <laughs> you you are the kid who got punched
0: and then peed his pants, but you you're acting like you won.
1: Right, exactly. It's like it's over. Our time in the circle is over. They're they're they It's their time, and honestly, let's face it, they're better at it. So let's just have it. Let's let them have it. We're gonna move on. We're gonna you know get fired from cartoons and have cartoons deleted from streaming services. That's our bag. <laughs> Yeah, our bag is
0: being uh, completely decimated and dominated by the system that we
1: thought we would destroy. Right, right. And you know, in in time, Gen Z, either they conform to the system or they destroy it. I'm here for either, uh, because until I quiet quit my life, I'm along for the ride. Uh, You know, I don't think I quiet quit my life.
0: I do slightly above what I should, in that I... Uh, go to the gym, and sometimes I
1: take pictures of things. Yeah, and I mean... It's pretty much it. I amuse uh, myself with week- weekly little photoshops, and that, that keeps me going.
0: This is the thing, man. Like, I-, I think that there is a fundamental upset in the minds of people who are preoccupied with the preeminent generators of culture, in this case being Gen Z. I think that there is an imbalance because I personally am of the opinion that like, I've got my little things. And I, I like my little things and they'll change and they'll evolve over time. But like, I just want to potter around and do my little tasks and enjoy the art I like. And I don't care what, what younger people like, cause I don't define myself by that. It seems bad and unhappy to try to do that.
1: I mean, I'll say, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Comparison is the thief of joy. So, like, if you are just enjoying your life, enjoying your little things, there's no need to look at what a younger generation or an older generation is doing. We can all just, for a goddamn second, mind our own business. I mean,
0: just... That's kind of the best takeaway. Mind your business. You don't want to be the person who's 41 looking at your iPhone 14 and you scream, "Hey babe, you won't believe what Gen Z's up to." Meanwhile, in the other room, like your baby has a knife somehow.
1: <laughs> the next generation is already planning the downfall of the current, yeah.
0: <laughs> you you say you won't believe what dance trend Gen Z is doing in the background your child is just gulping lead paint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay attention to your kids, not not other people's kids. There there was a
0: a tweet from I swear to god 10 years ago and it was like motherfuckers be 31 asking what the move bro raise your family. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely i mean fair point fair game i don't know i it's just my tiktok blew up this past week with the corn song and that's all it's been going on in my corner of tiktok
0: there was corn song i've i've gotten my tiktok down to one and maybe every 50 tiktoks is a thirst trap and i'm trying to get that number even lower uh now it's just like dogs and also the most fucked up shit you've ever seen uh, <laughs> Which is what I want to see.
1: I uh, So I've got dogs, um, whatever the latest trend is, too many thirst traps, and then weirdly just clips of, like, phantom, Family Guy while somebody plays a fake mobile game. <laughs> and it's, like...
0: <laughs> Fascinating. And
1: I find myself watching these, and I'm like, wait, why the fuck? I'm teaching the algorithm that I'm going to watch it, <laughs> but I'm not enjoying it, is the problem. And it's like this weird negative feedback loop. And then I swipe and it's just another family guy clip with a different fake mobile game. And I'm just like, what, what is the purpose of this? Every once in a while, there will be a, there
0: will, there will be a mobile game ad where it says like, play this. If to test, if you're good at strategies and I watch it for a second too long. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty good at strategies. Right. Uh, I like to think of myself as a real strategy head. I'm like, ah,
1: fuck. You got they got
0: you. I should have liked more videos of people crushing watermelons with their hands.
1: Yeah, Uh, a a lot of comed. Sometimes I come across stand-up comics, and it's just like a little bit of their set. I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. Let's get more of that, please. Less Family Guy clips. (laughs) I uh, Family Guy is fascinating to
0: me. Family Guy is going to be like uh, the millennials
1: Simpsons. Oh, probably. Yeah. Uh, On for far too long was only... Well, Simpsons was actually good. Family Guy only kind of, sort of, maybe okay. I'm just going to stick to Simpsons, because I'm an old soul, baby.
0: Maybe. Uh, I did tease that there were two things about working. The other one is just uh, this thing called flex washing, which is just that uh, to attract talent, companies are now... Widely saying that things are flexible or fully remote when in fact they are not, uh, but that's not interesting to talk about.
1: It's just downright mean, is what it is. Like it's unethical as hell. And I, I've seen I've seen stories of this posted on anti work uh, because you know that's where you go to complain about you know your job or the jobs you want to have. And it's just like just come on, be cool. Just why can't we all as a human race just be? Fucking cool, man! Like we all need to be like David Lynch. Yeah, we need to be cool and also read the weather to people. Read the weather to people. Just you know, talk about like you know, I had an Oreo and a Coke. Wow, fantastic! An Oreo and a Coke, amazing. (laughs) Like, just be find surprises in the mundane. Be more focused on on the simple pleasures rather than trying to fucking wrestle with these huge concepts that we won't understand. That's the premise of this goddamn podcast. The the joke is we we don't know what's happening in the cultural zeitgeist. The joke is because you, you have to stand back and we're in it. It's too big.
0: Listen, I think we're caught philosophically in a bit of a trap. I think a lot of our generation landed in nihilism but we never actually got to absurdism and that's where we need to get
1: to yeah we gotta we gotta ramp up the absurdity for sure
0: i'm just saying everyone's like ah Camus, what a what a what a bummer guy i'm gonna base all my philosophy around him we should we should genuinely try to live like Camus, who once wrote when i look at life and its secret colors i feel like bursting into tears like that shy, it's rain and sun both, noon and midnight. I think of the lips I've kissed and the wretched child I was and of the madness of life and the ambition that sometimes carries me away. Be like Camus. Be like David Lynch. Enjoy a Coke and an Oreo.
1: Yeah, find pleasures in the simpler things and stop trying to make all the goddamn money in the world because what what is the point if we're not willing to use it to improve people's lives? Boom,
0: full circle. Full circle. We even got some Camus in there. We played to our strengths.
1: Yeah. Reading Camus, quoting David Lynch, and coughing at inopportune moments.
0: That's really what it's all about.
1: It really is.
0: <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, the silence uh, killed me yeah. for some reason. I think since we did bring it full circle and I can tell that the COVID is taking hold of you. uh Uh, never left it might be time to end this episode oh uh hold on let me think yes i do the social media reads this time uh so if you would like to reach out to us if you are a younger to elder millennial and you want to twist our words on twitter you blue check fucks or you just want to send us videos of the most fucked up shit you've ever seen uh you can send those to us on twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com and i believe my good friend henry knows what that stands for
1: i tried to find it like an acronym maker but it didn't work so uh that's all folks (laughs) That's
0: right. And if you want to send us an email, you can send one of those to email at zero dot net. Dot net is the most expensive top level domain because it's on the internet. We are on a series of podcast services, including the one you're listening to us on right now. Uh, other podcast services we might be available on are Apple Podcast, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're on them. They're not paying us any money because we keep it real. If you want to leave us a rating on any of those, it would certainly help people find the podcast if the platform supports ratings. But the best way for people to find out about the podcast is for you to, in between your various hot takes on Twitter, Instagram, Parler, Gab, the various three-percenter forums that you're members of, <laughs> if you, if you, between those tirades, could tell your fellow hateful lunatics about the podcast it would really help us out because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so tell your preppers tell your salt and peppers and we'll see you with a little little there aren't a lot of words that rhyme with
1: lepers
0: we'll see you lepers no
1: And from everyone here at the corrupt zero credit studios incorporated, which had over a billion dollars in PPP loans forgiven, we want to wish you a happy week. That stands for piss, piss, piss. Yeah, a billion dollars of piss. But it's okay. It was forgiven. It was forgiven. <laughs> Listen, it's okay to piss as long as you're forgiven. Oh, God, no, you can't. We can't go back to the old piss well. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: In the early 2000s, they had those snack cakes that were low calorie, you know, Piss Wells. No. Snack Wells? It's a Snack Wells joke?
1: I don't remember Snack Wells. I'm sorry.
0: You didn't have uh, parents. You didn't have at least one parent with an eating disorder?
1: No, I had two parents with an eating disorder, but they (laughs) just did diet pills.
0: Yeah, they cancel each other out. At least you got kid
1: speed. What's kid speed? Diet pills or speed. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't get, I didn't take them. They were for my mom and dad. Missed opportunity.